rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, what is going on with this damn camera? My name is Tara Devlin. I gotta fix the camera. There we go. Better, better. What is happening with my stream, everybody? Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Okay, guys, my name is Tara Devlin. How's it going? I hope we are streaming. I am checking. I'm checking the stream, baby. Hey, okay, I see. I see me. I see you. I see me. Oh, thank you. This is my resist with Francis Jr. Jr. shirt. Thank you. Thank you. The, available at the RDT Daily merch shop, Shopify store, or Etsy store. Guys, support that. That'd be great. And if you, you guys, if anybody knows how to do this online thing with merchandise that actually gets our listings to the top somehow, I don't know how you do that. That would be helpful. If you know that, uh, send me an email. And you want to help, right? Just give me some advice. Send me an email at contact at republicandirtytricks.com. And that would be great. Also, um, please, you know, support the show. You're not only just supporting the show. If you become a patron of the show, um, you're also supporting our writers at rdtdaily.com. So we can continue to create progressive, unapologetically liberal progressive content that we need to fight these filthy fascists and if this last week of horror hasn't shown you just how important it is for us to, as I always say, we stick together, we win, but to keep in the game and to fight these, these bastards, these weak-ass, whiny little fascists. I mean, what else can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling for words. Um, then I don't know what, what else will wake us all up. We're, we are really in a crisis, not only in this country, in this world, a crisis of hate, a crisis of division, and it is generated by the greed-centered oligarchs that have their filthy fingers around the neck of power, and, and they don't want to let it go. They don't want a country that works for all. They don't want a world that works for all. They want everybody in their place. Make no mistake, that is why they have their propaganda channels churning out hateful rhetoric that activates these mentally ill morons and um, that feel, I guess, disaffected. They feel marginalized. Um, whatever the hell they feel, they need to get help for their manias rather than inflict them on the world, but they don't because they're getting legitimized by the fascist in the Oval Office, let's say. He is the greatest recruiter of this right-wing hate rhetoric. Uh, not the rhetoric. He's not the recruiter of the rhetoric. He is uh, using the rhetoric to legitimize a, what really should constantly be on the fringes of society. If we're not working together to, um, to bring out the best in each other, not bring out the worst, then... We're, we're really, we're in trouble. And we are in trouble. We are in trouble. You could see, um, I was, uh, I was, well, I was just watching. I was going to say, I have to stop because I need to do my, whatever, my preamble, but I'll do that later. 
But um, I was I watched that movie Vice yesterday. I don't know why. Even in my free time, I gotta watch these bastards, right? I I I should watch something nice. I should watch something that makes me relaxed. But I watch Vice, and it gets me all my my stomach in a knot again. And you'll and it's a good movie, but you'll see it's really frustrating because I re, I lived through those years, and a lot of people did as well. Um, but I but to see the uh, you know the games that go on and the and the the complete disregard for humanity, human life, and just well not just human life, life in general, and the uh for for power for power and privilege they're not working for uh, in the name of altruism to make the world a better place they're doing it so they can suck up all of the privilege and power for themselves i and all you have to do is know them by their fruits they they're so cynical because they're out there thumping the Bible, talking about Jesus, and, re- and doing nothing but spreading pain and suffering. So what I was when I was thinking about what what am I going to talk about today, and what am I going to call this show? I mean, really, is I named it Republicans making the world safe for suffering. That is what they do. Tell somebody, if there is a Republican that happened to stumble upon this show, which happens every now and then, send me an email or, or type it in the chat, chat room. What have Republicans ever done for the humanity? Let's just put it that way. How about, we'll, we'll just narrow it down to humanity because they've not done anything for Earth. They've not done anything for animals. What have they done? What have they done for working people? Have they done anything other for anybody other than the the privileged people who already are privileged? They have enough money and 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 privilege. I mean, they want that's what they they want more privilege. It's really kind of a sick sickness, like a hoarder, like an animal hoarder or somebody who hoards newspapers. How much power and privilege do you want? How much is enough until you have it, I guess, with Trump? I mean, really, we, he's got his finger on the button. I guess maybe that, and that still isn't enough. He's still a whiny little fascist who can't, oh, oh it's so unfair. Isn't everything so unfair for these fascists? Um, it's so sad. It's really, it's terrible. When he, like he was talking about Manafort. That because he's a criminal, Manafort is a criminal, and his crimes are catching up to him. These are criminals who are not only um, are uh, just greedy. They're not just stealing for the sake of st- they're they're working and colluding with foreign um, autocrats who are abhorrent human beings who spread more suffering and. Uh, you know, obviously, what the, what did the judge say? Uh, the first judge, when he was sentencing Manafort, he's lived an otherwise blameless life. Well, I think that goddamn ostrich jacket um, is blame enough, frankly. If you're if you're such a douchebag that you have to collude and work with the worst human beings on the planet. Who do nothing but spread suffering, and then you then then with all your ill-gotten gains, you buy an ostrich jacket. 
I mean, that's uh, how anybody could turn around and say that's an otherwise blameless life. That guy should be impeached off the bench, frankly, for that comment alone. An otherwise blameless life? And what did he do? He just bought shit for himself. Enough, uh, how much shit do you need? How much, how much do you need? You filthy, you, they're such whiners, too. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, complete victims. They're such, um, professional victims. That's what I always, I have called Republicans professional victims for years. That's what they are. They're so, it's, uh, they have it, it's, um, you know, it's like this psychological game, though, that they play on people because it's like they adopt the mantle of the oppressed while they're being, while they're doing the oppressing. So it's, um, you know, it's kind of like this clever uh, mind trick that they play. But that's what, because they, they've gotten good at these kind of games, these branding games and uh, these, uh, just these mind trick kind of games because that's all they have. They don't have anything in reality to boast about. They don't do anything worth boasting about. What can they say? What are you going to say if you're a Republican? um, Vote for me. I'm going to take away your Social Security. Vote for me. I'm going to make it harder for you to go to the doctor. Vote for me. I'm going to funnel more money to the top. Vote for me. I'm going to make it so when you go to your financial planner because you know, we have changed the rules of your retirement. Ha ha, good luck having a retirement. And instead of having a a guaranteed pension for the rest of your life, you're going to have to go to some financial uh, Wall Street bankster and hope for the best that he takes your pittance and invests it wisely with your um, best interests at heart. Um, But we're going to take that away your uh, the the fiduciary responsibility that that your financial advisor has for you. Sorry, sucker, you're on your own there. Uh, I mean, on and on and on. How many people have to die until we wake up? I mean, we're never going to wake up that 35 percent of morons who uh, will goose step off a cliff if tr- if Twitter tells them to, because if they haven't learned by now. By uh, and before that's I, I, I blame them 100 percent, you know, so speaking about blaming. But um, the fact is, we all know who Twitler was before he became the so-called president. We knew he was a con man. I mean, I guess some people just didn't know. I guess they only saw him on TV playing a successful businessman. They didn't do their due diligence. And then then they he really had them. When he got up there and he started to talk about the other, uh, the the illegals, the and they felt that that feeling of oh he's just like me, uh, he's just racist like me, he, uh, he's one of us. I can finally say the N word out loud again. That's th- these Republicans believe they're not free. These average Joe Republicans, unless they could call somebody the N word or the F word or the B word or whatever, without you know some liberal telling them to you know stop being such a, a an archaic moron. That's what Republicans don't aren't like. They don't like being challenged. They don't like uh, you know being challenged to evolve. I should say. 
They don't want, they don't like to feel uncomfortable in their bigotry. They like the good old days when they could just say whatever they wanted and, uh, you know, all of a sudden they would, somebody said something wrong or somebody of color did something, tripped over the, uh, them and uh, said, didn't say excuse me or something. They, uh, you know, could, could rally up a lynching party, you know, the good old days and take care of it, take care of that problem, keep the people in their place. They like that because without their privilege, who the hell would they be? Right? If they didn't have their white privilege, what would they be? We'd all see them for just the dumb backwards ass hicks that they are. So, no offense to uh, normal hicks. I mean, there are some normal people that live in, in uh, these areas that have a bad rep, I suppose. All right, everybody. Um, I had a bad week. <laughs> I mean, it was a bad week, it sucked. Because look what happened. Actually, I made a big mistake, and I will I will talk about it. a couple of things happened this week that put me in a shitty mood. Um, well, not I, I mean obviously this massacre, uh, <laughs> just a little massacre, um, is really had me upset. I was I've been feeling it all well since it happened. The uh, the the one thing. Um, I actually saw that video, which I made the mistake. I saw it was kind of an accident that happened because I woke up at on Friday or I guess Saturday morning at like four in the morning and uh, I just woke up and I put on the TV just to see what the hell was going on. I don't know why. And uh, and it's, you know, it was breaking news. So I went on my phone and there were and it said New Zealand news report and I clicked on the link and it ended up being that video which at first I was like what is going on here this is this is weird and then I realized what it was but I continued to watch it which was uh my mistake I should have shut it and and it has haunted me because it's horrible it is just the most horrible thing um I mean, I've seen some horrible things. I've seen other horrible things that are equally horrible, but this is just beyond on uh, comprehension that the inhumanity of this this little white fascist freak who who shot these people like they weren't human beings, and that's what I saw in this video was the I mean, it was very blurry. But you could see and the, you hear the cries of the people. And uh, I, it's, I mean, I can't even talk about it right now. I feel like I'm going to start crying. But I just, the, how do you get to that point as a human being where you are literally murdering people for, for no reason other than your blind hatred for, for other people, your ignorance and then in one, I mean, I'm, I don't even know if I should even say this, but in one part, this woman says, help me, help me, and he shoots her. So um, what kind of a, what a, a waste of human DNA does something like that where you don't even, you have absolutely no compassion for, for other human beings? Where, how do you get to that point? The hate 
is so blinding and that and that is part of the human condition as well it's that kind of hate that drives the same people that i mean and if this guy lived here in the united states he would have done the same thing here so yeah it's all over the globe and and obviously i mean we knew it right from the beginning that he is a, a right-wing fascist that is inspired by our so-called president who uses the same rhetoric and um apparently he wrote this manifesto and the manifesto is all about being replaced birth rates birth rates the uh, that's all of the conspiracy theories that that activate these these white morons that Trump and Fox News repeat constantly that's uh they they're they're no no wonder no wonder they're getting legitimized by the president the so-called president of the United States and I never thought I would ever see the day where we had a so-called president that is in league with fascists, with white, with the KKK. I mean, maybe a hundred years ago, yeah. Not today, not a modern, not in this modern world, but where, where the hell do we live? This is why I was very depressed for, you know, I'm not just, uh, I, I mean, seeing this video, I was uh, haunted and actually really upset even today i can't even, i can't i don't know why i did that you know but whatever it's too late to go back but i um because i don't need you know that's the other thing it's almost like i you you to see the horror but it, on some level it's like i'm i can't not look at it because this is really what happened to other human beings it's we can't turn a blind eye to it i'm not recommending people watch it please don't but um we really this is the face of hate that is what that is that this is where it goes where you walk into a room of people praying and you murder them and then this asshole go they take him to court today and he's flashing the white power sign apparently so, um, uh, and in New Zealand, they blurred his face, but here in, in, I saw the picture from the New York Post, um, they had the face blurred because they, I guess it's what they do in New Zealand for, if you're a criminal, you, they, but they, his, uh, hand gesture with the white power symbol is clearly visible, but, um, w but. Why would you not blur that too? That's that's one thing because he's he's speaking to the other morons. And but all I could think of when I saw that white power symbol of this idiot was what so what is white power? That is weak. You are the weakest asshole on the planet. That you to walk in armed to the teeth into a place where you have unarmed human beings with, with children, women, men that are praying and you dressed in military gear and you murder them that's power that is that's nothing but weakness fear fear ignorance and that's why with republicans and the and and trump on top of it he's always talking about strength and strong i got to be strong it's strong we got to really be tough and strong when we're separating 
human beings, with human children from their human parents, we got to be strong. You're nothing but weak. That's what it is. You're, it's weakness. It is weakness to be an ignorant little fascist, racist, uh, you know, worried about, oh, Jews will not replace us. Uh, uh, they're so replaceable, though. That's what's so ironic. Maybe if you weren't so goddamn replaceable, you wouldn't be worried. If you weren't so goddamn inadequate, why would you be so worried about being replaced? Right? I mean, if if you're supposed to be so superior, why aren't you just being superior? Why do you need your privilege? Just let it all lay it out equally and you'll you will naturally rise to the top you're superior right no but no they're so upset and worried about being replaced i mean i they can't be replaced fast enough but they know they've been replaced they and how you don't have to it doesn't take much to replace them you just got to be a decent human being you don't you got to be somebody who's not a weak little tiny coward you got to be not, you know, because it takes maturity. It takes uh, it, to not be afraid constantly of being replaced and worrying about uh, whatever, um, fearing the other, fearing what the hell are they afraid of? Well, I mean, we know what they're afraid of. That's what it is. It's they're afraid of re- us knowing just how inadequate they truly are because if they weren't so inadequate... Why are you so worried about being replaced? So, oh my God, it is unbelievable. But uh, that, I mean, that we don't have leadership in this country, that Republicans, and then, and well, I mean, I don't know, I'm a little jambled or jammed up. So, but that Republicans, all, they all take to Twitter. It's this, it's the same thing, you know, it's the thoughts and prayers. It's the, um, I, uh, we're, uh, it's terrible what happened. It's terrible. But in one breath, and then in the other breath, they're lying and spreading the hate, the spreading the, the same rhetoric. And that's exactly what happened with, this is what, another reason that got me twisted beyond belief was watching Twitler, um, who, of course, yeah, there's a couple of versions of Twitter. There's Rally Twitler, where he's up there and he's he's being himself. You know, he's dropping bullshit. He's uh, try he's getting that narcissistic supply. He's uh, that he needs so much with all his fascist morons cheering him. And, and then there's uh, there's teleprompter Twitler. And then, and well, I mean, I guess teleprompted Twitler is sort of the same as the Twitler that has the the compassionate Twitler, who has to uh, thoughts and prayers Twitler, who has to give the um, whatever he has to try he has to try to be presidential, right? Which is try to be a leader, try to be a human being, try to be somebody who's not the problem, but. He's very subdued when he gets to be when he has to be that that Twitler, compassionate Twitler, because he doesn't know how to have compassion, and he's very and it is frightening because he, I see the similarities. I mean, in it's not you don't have to be a, a historian either. I mean, with uh, 
and with these fascists, they're the same. But it's when they talk about, oh well, he uh, he does it. It's about love. What he's when he's separating children from their from their parents, it's about love. When he's spreading um, uh, hate for religions, different religions that he well Muslims in particular at this time, he's. Um, it's about love because it's loving his country and love and protecting the so-called protecting the people of the country, which is that's a whole other thing that gets me going because it's only they only protect the people when it comes to hate, you see, and racism. That's their excuse. Oh, we're we're protecting the people from the invaders, from the other, from the from the vermin. It's the same rhetoric. That's the same rhetoric they used in Nazi Germany. You know, it's not just the about the other, but it's the we're doing it because we love. We love Germany. We love our country. It's not that we hate these people. We we just love our country. And that's exa- and that is 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 exactly what Twitter says constantly. That's how he justifies his his racism. So it's, but he's, he doesn't know that because he's, he's Twitler. He's got no intellectual curiosity. He, he knows nothing. He's never read a book in his life. He doesn't know anything about it. He knows everything by osmosis. He was born knowing everything, right? He was, I don't know. I mean, that's what he believes. But um, anyway, but I just wanted to play, where is it? His, uh... Where is it? He responds to the to the massacre in his subdued style, but then he goes into the same rhetoric that this 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 Nazi who murdered these people uses. So here here's uh here's subdued Trump being compassionate. Spoke with Prime Minister Ardern of New Zealand to express the sorrow of our entire nation following the monstrous terror attacks at two mosques. These sacred places of worship were turned into scenes of evil killing. You've all been seeing what went on. It's a horrible, horrible thing. As we take action to restore our national sovereignty and defend this nation from criminal cartels, human traffickers, and drug smugglers, crime of all kinds coming through our southern border. We're on track for a million illegal aliens to rush our borders. People hate the word invasion, but that's what it is. What a... What a scumbag. I, I, I don't know what else to say. What a, what a, what a disgrace. I, I mean, that's a, that's a word that Trump likes to use a lot. Disgrace. Or this is a disgrace. I mean, he is a disgrace. This, to, oh, we, uh, it's horrible. It's really, uh, uh, two mosques. Two mosques. He's got to really emphasize that. Like, he cares. He's the one that spread that kind of hate in this country against people, that we have to have cops outside of mosques here in New York. All over the, all over the I don't know what they do in other states, and, uh, but there's a mosque not too far from my house. There's always a cop outside, a cop car. That's what we have to do now because we have these hate-mongering monsters squatting in the positions of power. And they do it to divide us. They, and they do it purposefully because if you're, if you're all worried about um, your neighbor, 
then you're not really worried whether Trump is and Twitler and well, Trump, Trump is Twitler, but and his Republican enablers are funneling more money from your pockets into theirs and all over the globe, whether they're destroying democracy, because that's ultimately the goal of what they're doing is they are dismantling the grand experiment in liberal democracy and that make no mistake you don't have to be it's not it's not about a uh being hyperbolic or uh alarmist just look at what they're doing know them by their fruits what is going on in this country are they are they these republican lead so-called leaders are they challenging their moron moronic voters and followers to evolve to not be afraid. They, that's all they do is stir up fear, stir up anger and resentment and ignorance. They want to keep people ignorant. If they wanted us uh, or them, the, the ones who are sitting around afraid of a caravan coming to slit their throats, the, these people, they're not, they're not um, invaders. These are refugees, just like the refugees, I mean, and we discussed this before, the reason we have a, a law about refugees coming to the country uh, and being able to present themselves for asylum is because of what happened in World War II. So it never happens again. So we don't have a group of people that are targeted and, and, and uh, systematically uh, wiped out or they're, because they have places to go. Not here, though, right? They come here and they get demonized and vilified and Republicans use them as another wedge to put between the people. And they do it deliberately. How do you... Uh, I mean, it's really malpractice of their, their posts. They, to, because they're liars, too. Because we don't have a national emergency at the border. Any emergency at the border was created by them. And if they really wanted to address national emergency, they would address it. They wouldn't use this uh, a uh, uh, people coming to the border to present themselves for asylum. They wouldn't use them as political pawns. They wouldn't. Um, they would. You know. They would truly address our national emergencies. Like they. They. Here's another thing. Actually. So many things. Um, Pence, because what happened this week was the Republicans, some, some Republicans voted against Trump in, uh, with his so-called national emergency. And, but, but don't be fooled. Uh, there, people say, oh, our, you know, when you watch the corporate media, of course, the, the corporate media is just full of, uh, full of, Whatever they're they're not really on the side. I mean, and I, I'm going to get into that too. The the corporate media is another part of the problem. That's how we know how how much of a decline we're in. Watch, just watching the corporate media here in the United States. Turn on the corporate media here in the United States, and then do yourself a favor to compare. Turn on the BBC for five minutes and weep, weep for this country, because you will see the difference within. 20 seconds what what is going on why this country is uh they talk about oh it's so divided we're at each other's throats that's part of the problem 
is because the Republicans and the DLC Democrats, with the help of the DLC Democrats, deregulated the media and gave us this, um, whatever it is, it's some, it's like Jerry Springer constantly. And there's not, there's no, nobody's getting informed. There's no informed populace. And then you have one channel, uh, Trump TV. Fox News, that is nothing but nonstop propaganda. It's nothing but the, the state media. It's an embarrassment that they just runs, they lie, and, and could you imagine, let's just say, if this massacre were, was, was perpetrated by a Muslim? Can you imagine? How would they be covering it? How would, they, how would Twitter be speaking about it? He would be so animated. You know that. They wouldn't be, it wouldn't be subdued. So um, when, when Tr- Trump issued a veto, because, okay, so the, what I was saying was with, with the Republicans, when they voted, supposedly voted against Tr- Twitler and in his national emergency, uh, I think 12 Republicans or whatever it is, maybe I have the number wrong, um, voted against him. But don't be fooled. They didn't vote against Twitler. They're, it's, they don't have enough votes to override his veto. And that's nothing but cover for when Democrats get in office and then they, the Democratic president, declares a national emergency because of climate change or whatever, gun, gu- another gun massacre happens and... They dec- and the Democratic president declares a national emergency. And then these, these filthy Republicans will have cover for voting against that or going against it because that's, that's really all that's about because they're not really doing anything of substance. None of these Republicans, these so-called constitutionalists, are really um, that concerned that Twitler is subverting their constitutionally prescribed role of the the of having the power of the purse that's he's not a king but don't don't tell him that don't tell republicans that that's what they want they want him to be a king they they from the day we declared independence from the king from from king george these are the heirs of the british loyalists that's what republicans are rebuilding the system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. That's what they're doing. They're in, and don't, I mean, hey, maybe that sounds crazy to some people, but they are rebuilding an aristocracy and an intergenerational aristocracy at that. They're recreating the same kiss-up, kick-down system, and they are concentrating more and more wealth into to the power of the presidency, into the executive. So, okay, in the future, we might not have, maybe we'll have a republic, just like in the Roman Republic, because they had in the Rome, I mean, in the Roman Empire, when it went from the republics of the empire, they still had elections in, in Rome. They had different local elections for magistrates and different local, uh, you know, uh, issues and whatnot. But ultimately, all of the power uh, resided in the emperor. So that's what maybe will happen here, where you'll have more and more power concentrated into the into the so-called presidency, and instead of king, of course they won't call him king; they'll call him president. 
just like Putin calls himself president. And who are, uh, I mean, all over the world, the, um, the Chinese president calls himself president, right? They're all presidents now because it sounds better than king. But what's the difference? What's the damn difference? Just like in, in, the, in the Roman Empire, they didn't hit, call themselves emperor. They called themselves first citizen. Pr- the principas, or whatever you, however you pronounce it, principus, principa, where we get the word prince from now. So they were first citizen. They weren't emperor. They were just the first among equals. But, yeah, so pre- after Trump... Um, declared or whatever he used his veto uh which ask trump what he what veto stands for i know what he knows what it is i don't but he's a he's an ignorant little monster so what does he know it means i refuse or but it goes back to the roman republic but whatever he doesn't nobody knows he doesn't know what does he know he just wants he you know he wants uh he wants a dead cow in his mouth uh, hurry up hurry up Put some more crap in his mouth and give him more crap to surround himself with. But uh, so the obsequious Pence. Now, this is another thing with uh, with Twitter and impeachment. Yeah. um, Nancy Pelosi says he's not worth the time, which gets gets me irritated because I think um, it's not about having the time. It's it, it is about doing something about a complete criminal unfit moron traitor who deserve who who's who's unfit to hold that office who's completely unfit and whatever but we don't have the time what he's not worth the time or something like that he's not worth it well maybe the republic is worth it but whatever i guess we don't we really don't have a republic anymore so they until we have had enough and finally take it back but Pence, I, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm being a sadist here, making you guys watch this. But this is Pence kissing Trump's ass. It's beyond belief, really, after he issues his veto. Here it is. I don't know that I've ever been more proud to be standing next to your guests than I am today. Mm-hmm. To be standing with these courageous Americans and with these extraordinary angel parents. We have a crisis on our southern border. The reality is it's not only a crisis of illegal immigration. The criminal elements are coming oh, across boy. our border. The flow of drugs. Now, drug overdose is the number one cause of death for Americans under the age of 55. So why are you kicking people off health care? crisis all across this nation. Add in human trafficking and all like that care. comes with this crisis. Uh, Justify the president's declaration of a national emergency. <clears throat> This is affecting all of the people of the United States. And, and today, Bullshit. Mr. President, uh, with, with your strong support for the men and women in law enforcement, Customs and Border Protection, Homeland Security, and with I know what is your love and your heart to these angel parents, you're keeping your word by vetoing this legislation, by finding the available resources to build the wall, address this emergency, and secure our border. And I, I know I speak on behalf of all gathered here, people all across this country. And I say thank you for keeping your word, Mr. Brown. Wow. Why don't you just unzip his, his drawers and just go to town already? Enough is enough, man. Unbelievable. 
who is this? All right, I'm looking at our chat in the uh, RDT Daily stream. So if you guys want to join our chat every week, if you're watching on or listening on Progressive Voices, come by on between 6 and 8 p.m. on Saturdays, uh, 6 and 8 Eastern, and uh, join us at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. So I'm just looking at this. Somebody who just wrote, uh, I don't know, Octopush Trainer. Hello, I'm new here. Is this a pro-America channel? Just looking for a safe, or well, looking for a safe place to chat where people aren't racist against our great leader. Is this a joke? Or racist against our great leader? Um, that, I mean, I just wonder. You never know. Is that a joke? Or is it... Uh, is this a real poor, poor soul here? But yeah, yeah, this is a pro-America channel. We, we believe in democracy. We believe in the principles of our founding documents, like promoting the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite. We believe in our founding, the, that our founding fathers, although flawed, they had some great ideas that came from the liberal age of enlightenment, where they for which was a radical idea radical it took uh centuries really to finally come to fruition in a in a revolution where we threw off the yoke of intergenerational monarchy and aristocracy and they i mean with all its flaws of course women were nothing people of color were nothing obviously uh these white men wrote um, they were products of their time, writing the, a f very high-minded, high-ideological uh, document that declared their liberty while owning other human beings. Yeah, we realize that that's uh, and the that's the you know uh, that's it is what it is. They were people of their time, and. Um, but uh, the closer we get to finally actualizing those founding ideals, and one of those ideals uh, that they that the founders put into our um, our documents, our founding ideology, is the is the motto "E pluribus unum," out of many, one. What does that mean? That doesn't mean we leave people behind. That's why I don't understand the Republican ideology, the, the right-wing ideology of leaving people behind. So, so Pence is so, uh, you know, basically he is just the sycophant to a con man, constantly stroking this, this con man's very, very fragile ego. And... Uh, telling him how strong he is uh, uh, and talking about things that's uh, that get me insane because he's talking about all oh, that uh, so many people dying of of opioid overdoses where did, well, that's not coming from our southern border that's not uh, putting a wall up will do nothing for opioid for an opioid epidemic that was uh, first of all came from the big pharma that flooded this country with uh with with oxycontin so but whatever they're very big republican donors so you're not going to talk about that so that and that's what i mean about republicans they t they're that's how you know they really could care less about fixing anything or having uh, our best interests at heart because how do you take a very real crisis 
that they help create through their with big donors. I mean, they never they why aren't the CEOs of the companies that pushed these highly addictive drugs into the and, and misled doctors and patients and gave doctors incentives to prescribe more and more and more um and then were so cynical that they looked into this is I don't know I don't have it in front of me but I remember reading something about how they looked into um investing or creating rehab facilities so they were addicting people and then they're supposedly offering them the cure right so or or help and so you have um this asshole pence talking about the uh, an opioid epidemic that they as they're kicking millions of americans off of their health care plans and making health care further and further away for them to have access to one of the one of the things that irritates me which you guys know about is listening to republicans and and democrats when i hear democrats especially talk about access to affordable health care i want to vomit i want to rip out my the, my tv and throw it out the window which i won't do but whatever cuz i might hurt somebody but um, yeah, the uh, access to affordable care. This is one thing that I saw in with with New Zealand, at least when because there's a lot of people in the hospital too right now, recovering and hopefully recovering from their horrible wounds that were inflicted by one of Trump's uh, fans. So they uh, they don't have to worry about. Uh, having to open a GoFundMe page for their for for the the uh, many many operations that they will need, and unlike here in the United States, because some of these I remember well, and we st- it still happens like in the Aurora massacre, right in the in the movie theater massacre. Uh, let me see GoFundMe. I'm trying to look it up. There's you could still find these pages. Go find me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Which is, it's heartbreaking. It's also embarrassing to, to live in this country and have to deal with this crap. Yeah. Aurora, Aurora officials launch GoFundMe to help families of shooting victims. GoFundMe's uh, sets up Oh, GoFundMe is set up for victims of Aurora shoot. I mean, there's and there's people who survived the shooting having to not just a GoFundMe set up for victims for all the families. There were um, GoFundMe pages for people needing medical care for their wounds. So here in the United States of serfs and lords, you can't go to the movies. You, I mean, you can, but you might get shot, and got you know, good luck, honey, getting healthcare for the fifteen operations you might need to put yourself back together, because you'll be uh, back bankrupt, declaring one of those uniquely American medical bankruptcies. But anyway, maybe I should just talk about one other thing because I only have ten minutes to the break. But one, speaking of healthcare, which is one of my favorite topics but it's not favorite it's just one of my pet peeves in life being an american 
it pisses me off that we don't have health care. Oh, yeah, we all have access to care. Yeah, you can go to the emergency room with your tumor when it gets too big and you're too sick and you're too far gone, go to the emergency room. That's what Reagan did because even Reagan said, oh, we should all have access to care and open up the emergency room. They can't turn you away, supposedly, but they do. They turn you away and it doesn't matter. That's why you go you, until uh, it's too late. Um, but anyway, so people know that I need to get insurance. I'm trying to get insurance. And because I had access to Cobra up until, because I work in different jobs. I do uh, freelance, you know, sometimes I get to buy into group plans, which I did. And then I, it ran out because uh, Ted Kennedy, when he uh, sponsored and helped pass Cobra, which a lot of these Republicans, you know, oh, and Cobra is very expensive too because you have to, you, it's not cheap. So what I have to pay for this plan is more than the, the damn mortgage on my house. It's ridiculous. Don't you think I would like to pay a little bit more in my taxes? I don't care. And have that extra, uh, you know, 700 something dollars in my pocket. Maybe I can go on a trip. Maybe I can get the hell out of the tri-state area once in a while. Maybe you could do something with your limited lifespan other than pay bills to these rapacious, greed-centered, ghoulish healthcare racketeers who uh, fly around with corporate jets with gold friggin' faucets. But whatever. Um, anyway, I, I was online doing research about these different plans, everything sucks and it's very expensive. So anyway, I was getting phone calls from all these different, whatever, racketeers, I suppose, and or brokers, I guess they call them. But anyway, I got a, I, one of these people that called me, I was like, oh, okay. He's, because I have a business in my name for, because of the show and the site, they uh, said, oh, you can buy into this fund, this uh, national PPO network, you know, has more doctors and you'll get dental and vision. I was like, oh, that's great. Right. So that's what I was going to do until something in my sixth sense, my sixth, not my sixth sense, uh, just thought, what is going on here? So I wanted to do a little research. The thing was called Coast to Coast Agents. Whatever. This is what the spoke so-called broker was. And there were a few um, red flags that triggered me. One was they wanted me to set up a direct deposit. that They would take my premium directly out of my account with no choice. I didn't have a choice. So there would be, of course, if I needed to stop the paying these scumbags, I would have to, they, they would probably be able to siphon my account many, many times without me being able to stop them. You know what I mean? And, uh, that was a little bit, I, uh, that's really what triggered me. And then I started doing some research. I looked a little bit, uh, it wasn't, didn't take much. I mean, I was like, did, did a couple of Google searches and I saw there were no coast to coast agents and, um, the only thing that I found for them was, and there were links on this document they said that supposedly had all the benefits on it, right? That I was going to get. 
it looked somewhat legitimate and then but the like there were a few links on there that were broken which okay duh and then um i did a search and something came back from the better business bureau and there were, that was all it wasn't any other links their their so-called website wasn't real and then there were all these links i mean that were broken that's what i said but also um the uh it was um, all the complaints on the Better Business Bureau about this particular, oh, I thought I was buying health insurance. It ends up, it's, uh, and all, all, all the people that were scammed by whatever this is, this person, I guess they're se they sell health insurance, I guess, but it's such, it's such crap that you really don't get to use it. So you're paying this premium, and the, the bulk of it is going into their pockets, and then when you go to use it you end up finding out when it's too late that they don't cover anything like some woman on the on the better business bureau complaint wrote i went to the emergency room and then ba 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 i thought it was going to be covered and then i start getting bills and it's not covered and you know on and on but that of course i didn't buy this i went i just went on the aca website and bought it through the exchange so at least you know it's it's legitimate but anyway, that it really irritated me. So then I had a call with my shrink. I go to a psychiatrist every, you know, to because I have to live in this freaking country and uh, it's very depressing. So I was speaking to him and it really I started to get really down uh on this country. As I was talking, it just got worse. Like I just started to this was before Friday before the massacre that really made me uh, down but um, the because you know what it is it's being an American you know I wore the friggin uniform of this country like many other people did too what what were we fighting for what were we serving we get nothing in this country but chaos and confusion because that's how they want it that's how they created it they gave us the system that Republicans are slowly dismantling, chipping away at it piece by piece, and it creates confusion. Even if you go on the exchange, you don't know what the hell you're looking at. EPO, PPO, HMO, who the hell knows? And you don't know what, uh, what am I getting? What, okay, the, everything, you don't, it's very confusing for everybody. And you got to spend the whole goddamn day on the thing. Like, you need that. Like, you, uh, you just want to relax. No, but you got to go on a goddamn website and worry about your health um, when, oh, okay. And then another another uh, one of these brokers on the phone I was telling you about had called. He's like, well, you know, you're, you're healthy. Um, I, I, I suggest you buy this plan, you know, a very a low, high, a low um, premium, high deductible plan. So the deductible is something like ridiculous. And then, um, oh, but you're healthy, he says. Like, it, like, that's the nature of health. Yeah, I'm healthy. I don't plan on getting cancer or a serious illness. Yeah, you're right. I'm good. That is what health is. You are, you're well one day, you're sick the next day. You're not planning on it. Who the hell plans? You're planning, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine. I don't plan on, I don't, I'm not getting cancer this year. I know that for a fact. Like, who the hell knows? That's how it goes, goddammit. 
But you got to worry. Oh, these idiots are telling you, don't worry about it. You're, you're healthy. Today, knock on wood. But so, so what really pissed me off was that this is the way that these filthy uh, so-called representatives have set us up. They've thrown us through the wolves and into the confusion steps these scam artists. So on top of everything else, you're working your three uniquely American jobs to pay your rent or not even come close to the standard of living that your grandparents thought were their birthright. And you have to be, you're, you're preyed upon by these scam artists, including the so-called president, who is the king of cons, right? Who's the con man who conned himself into the highest executive office in the land. But you gotta, you, you're, you're being preyed upon by these uh, rapacious ghouls that take advantage of the confusion. So I'm lucky I dodged that bullet, but not a lot of people, according to this site that, that I was looking at with all these complaints, they're looking for help. They're getting screwed. They've been screwed by another con in this country where it's dog eat dog. You know, everybody's at each other's throats. We can't just relax. We can't just worry. Okay, if I get sick, I'll go to the doctor and I'll get better. No, maybe I need a GoFundMe page or do I have the coverage? Am I, what's my PPO? What's my deductible? What is this medication covered? Or am I in the right hospital? Is this an in-network hospital? Is this an in-network doctor? And it's, the stress is unbelievable. And that's what they've done. This is how are you supposed to be productive? They want, oh, this this country is we're so uh, we're innovating. How are you innovating when you're on a goddamn uh, web and on the phone with sh with the with con men trying to dodge one con from the next and spending your limited lifespan were uh, on a goddamn website figuring out. Um, okay, is this the best I got? Oh, maybe. And anyway, so I, that's what happened at the beginning of the week. I was really pissed. And honestly, I said to my aunt, why the hell were we, what, why the hell did my grandparents ever leave Ireland? And maybe, um, if you're a conservative, you're probably saying the same thing. And, and if that's the case, go on to my Patreon site. Go to Patreon slash Tara Devlin or go to RDT Daily. Go on and, you know, buy some merch or go to the Patre Patreon site. Become a patron. If I get enough patrons, I'll get the hell out of here, okay? So we'll get, and I'll do the show from Ireland. All right, how's that? But you got to put your money where your mouth is then. I'm not, I can't just leave. I got to pay these stinking health insurance premiums and my mortgage and maintenance and everything else. This is why I can't get out of the tri-state area. Anyways, I'm, I'm, am I complaining? I suppose I am. <laughs> it's, it is not, it's not complaining. It's sharing because... We're in this together. This is the boat we're in. I have, my, we're all, we all have these problems. This is what it means to be an American today. It's, you, it's a hard, it's hard times and everybody's hanging by a thread. So um, when they start saying this is such a great economy, we're 
this Trump asshole has created a great economy. Good. Um, it's for who? For who? For for people like Donnie Deutsch and Joe Scarborough, maybe, and Sean Hannity. Not if you're a regular human being that has to work for a living. The, we're the suckers now because we are suckers if we continue to allow them to get away with it. And, I've, oh, and this is what I've said for years. How much longer? How much longer are we going to take it, people? How much longer? That's why they keep us divided. We know we have the power. We have the numbers, and that means we have the power. And they know it. That's why they keep us divided. So they love it. They love it when we're at each other's throats about uh, caravans and uh, illegals. They love it. They laugh all the way to the bank. And we're giving them the ride on our backs. So I'm going to take a break. Take a little breaky poo um, for about eight minutes. We do it every week around this time, this an hour in. We have uh, the Green News Report and Labor History in Two, very informative pieces that people love. I love them. I love Brad and Desi and uh, Rick Smith. The labor history is something that we should should be part of a regular curriculum in American schools. But of course it's not. Why would it be? Anyway. <sighs> brother. Brother, brother, brother. Brothers and sisters. All right. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for being here every week. We, we, uh, I call it, I call it therapy for the resistance. It's, th- it's really my therapy. You guys are keeping me sane or semi-sane. Keeping me off the ledge. Let's put it that way. Uh, All right, my name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you in about eight minutes. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. The report calls for the U.S. government to recognize the fiscal challenges climate change will bring. GAO report warns Trump administration's climate rollbacks will waste billions in taxpayer dollars. All those particles in the air, that's holding a lot of garbage. Experts warn repeal of air pollution standards could increase autism. Climate change is already eroding coastal property values. Plus, we need to demonstrate that we share a common goal of a low carbon future and that we are in action towards it. Is climate activism pushing a shift in the fossil fuel industry? All of those questions and more answered straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, and analysis and snarky comment. President Trump has called global warming a hoax and the head of the Environmental Protection Agency is a climate change skeptic. No, he's a climate change denier. Get it straight, Al Jazeera, unless you are Holocaust skeptics. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, over the past few days, it has been reported that the air in Denver, in Denver, the pollution has been worse than it has been in Beijing. 
Is that true? Yes, that is true. It's luckily only temporary, but do keep that in mind when you hear about this. A group of scientists and public health experts have warned that the Trump administration's rollbacks of air pollution standards could cause an increase in neurological developmental disorders in America's children, like autism, ADHD, memory deficiencies, and lowered intelligence. The experts said that increasing evidence links autism spectrum disorders to prenatal exposure to traffic-related air pollutants. Mm. The Trump administration has proposed reversing Obama-era energy efficiency rules for light bulbs. Of course they have. Yep, and that's even against the wishes of industry manufacturers. The rules had triggered innovation and have already saved U.S. consumers millions of dollars in energy costs. So years ago when Fox News and Republicans were freaking out, claiming that Barack Obama was banning light bulbs, and now we've got these way better light bulbs that are much cheaper than they were initially. Now Trump wants to go back to where we were five years ago? Yes. Of course they do. Meanwhile, the Government Accountability Office in a new report said that the Trump administration's rollbacks of a broad range of climate policies threatens to waste taxpayer dollars because the administration is failing to protect the country against the financial risks posed by climate change and then that would reduce overall federal spending on disasters. Climate change is already eroding coastal property values. A new analysis by the First Street Foundation calculated that between 2005 and 2017, 17 states saw $16 billion in losses from coastal flooding caused by rising sea levels and stronger storms. That is also bad news for coastal communities because flooding is eroding their property tax base right when they need revenue for repairs and adaptation. But there is some cautiously potentially good news. Norway sent shockwaves to the oil industry when it announced last week that it is phasing out its investments in oil companies that specialize in exploration. Cool. From its $1 trillion National Sovereign Wealth Fund in order to reduce exposure to volatile oil prices. Very cool. Then last month, one of the world's largest oil companies, Royal Dutch Shell, bought an electric vehicle battery company, a UK electric company, and announced its partnering with a wind turbine manufacturer. That's cool, too. This week at an energy industry conference in Texas, a top Shell executive said the company is readying itself for a fundamental shift in global energy supplies toward low carbon sources. And he said Shell aims to become the largest electricity company by the 2030s. And finally, in a speech at that same fossil fuel energy conference in Texas, the CEO of BP, Bob Dudley, warned his colleagues in the oil and gas industry that they risk losing their social license to operate if they don't address what he obliquely called climate issues. There's a rising tide of concern on many fronts about the lack of progress on climate issues. And I would say not just concern, but anger. Dudley explicitly pointed to the global climate strike by teen climate activists around the world that's set for Friday, March 15th, to demand that their governments act aggressively on climate change. Dudley also pointed to the wildly popular Green New Deal resolution in the U.S. House as signs that the world is shifting and the oil industry must evolve with it. We have to move from being pure play oil and gas companies into broader energy businesses. That means engaging more young people who will take to the streets on Friday. It means improving the dialogue we have with policymakers around the world, including those behind the Green New Deal. We need to demonstrate that we share a common goal of a low-carbon future and that we are in action towards it. Good. 
And good luck with that. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Too much, too little, too late to lie again with you. Too much, too little, too late to try again. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1960. That was the day five Italian immigrant workers were killed in Toronto, Ontario, in what is known as the Hogs Hollow Tragedy. Referred to as Sand Hogs, workers sought to connect a pumping station to the water distribution network. They were building a water main in a tunnel under the Don River. The project was already far behind schedule and over budget. Workers were welding in a compression chamber when smoke began to overwhelm the main shaft. Some workers made it out. Firefighters were prevented from releasing water into the tunnel to extinguish the fire over concerns that it would cause a collapse. In addition, there was no backup safety equipment at street level. The tragedy shed light on the appalling wage and working conditions immigrant workers faced just outside the city's borders. The persistent public outcry prompted exposés and investigations that revealed just how bad conditions were. It was truly a tale of two cities. Within the city, union requirements guaranteed breaks and enforcement of safety regulations. But just outside, it was a different story. According to Jamie Bradburn, who wrote for the Toronto Historicist in 2010, workers on suburban projects faced conditions that included lack of proper sanitation, poor safety inspections, illegal withholding of vacation pay, unpaid overtime, checks that often bounced, and groundless threats of deportation. The coroner's inquest determined that callous management, incompetent foremen, inexperienced workers, a disorganized rescue, and inefficiency at the Department of Labor caused the disaster. Though no criminal charges were ultimately laid, the sacrifice of the five men at Hogs Hollow brought about improvements in the conditions that had led to their demise. All right, welcome back. Hi, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels and on Twitch now, too. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app or GDPR Revolution 99, which is another great liberal independent uh, podcast and radio station. And SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all those places. So do me a favor. If you can, give the show a review, a good review on iTunes. That helps us grow. Share the show. Um, become a patron, uh, most specifically, if you can. I'm really encouraging that. Hopefully, we'll get more patrons. I don't know. I see all these other shows that have thousands of patrons. I don't know. What the hell? So um, I hope, hopefully, we'll get there eventually. Um, I think it would be it would probably be better if I did the show every day instead of weekly, but th there just aren't enough hours in the day, frankly. And 
hopefully, if we get enough patrons, eventually I will do the show every day. And let's hope. That's, it's really our show together. We do this together. I always say we stick together, we win. That is, that's another way of saying e pluribus unum. That's another way of saying we pledge our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. I know I always say I'm down, I'm getting down, I'm le- I want to get out of this country. I do. Sometimes I do. I really do. But I, I, I also understand, when I really think about it, that the, I'm here for a reason. I, I do practice Buddhism in uh, another, uh, I'm not saying in another life, in this life I do, but that one of the I think about this a lot because in Buddhism they say oh well you picked it you picked this this lifetime you picked this challenge you picked these problems so you can you can overcome it you can use this as an opportunity and I guess I'm here for a reason I was born in after the uh, well I grew up during the Reagan Revolution I suppose. Um, my father was a New Deal, not a New Deal. He was a he was a Reagan Democrat. He worked. My father was a garbage man. Okay, he worked as in the New, in the New York City sanitation, and he was a union man. He was a teamster, but he was a Republican. He voted Republican, and which used to drive me insane. Um, as the more aware I became, when I first registered to vote my first vote. I, re- I was a registered independent because I didn't understand. And then I said, well, I'll just vote for whoever I think has the right, whatever, ideas, uh, according to me. <laughs> and I just noticed that it was always, the, I was always voting Democratic. And Republicans, um, the more that I became aware, I, uh, I understood that I was not a Republican. And my father and I used to have a lot of arguments about it. And partly he was lured into Republicanism by Rush Limbaugh. He was one of the victims of Rush Limbaugh and Fox News. He, my father would, because we lived in Staten Island, one of the things my father would like to do, he liked to take long drives, and he would drive, and he would drive to Atlantic City and listen to Limbaugh the whole way. And then he'd come home, and he'd, he'd repeat this bullshit about uh, the other. It was always about the other people on welfare, the immigrants. You know, he, uh, they're, coming, they're coming here. They're taking it all. They're, that's, that's the siren song that they still play. That lures the working class over the cliff. And my father and I used to get into arguments because I would say to him, don't you want me to have a decent middle-class life just like you did? Because my father, as a garbage man and a teamster, he, everything that we had... uh, was was a result of the, the, the union and the New Deal. That the, that the the eight-hour workday, the decent working conditions, the pension that he lived on for years and years, the health care that we had, was all because people fought and died for those rights. That the fact that he was able to buy a home 
and have a car, you know, buy a car every couple of years, go on vacation. That standard of living for a, a garbage man, that's not, that is not possible here in New York anymore to buy a home. No, you, you bet. Yeah, you better. You got to rent if you're if you're working in a, a as a sanitation worker. You're not they don't have the same. It's you're not living the same standard of living. But my father was a, the beneficiary of the New Deal. And I believe that this is why the Republicans were so successful with their with their uh, siren song of racism tearing people apart because into the New Deal, into that new middle class that was created through government policies, and these, these workers began to believe that their, their, their standard of living, their lifestyle, was their birthright, that they did it on their own. They did it because they worked hard. They didn't understand. They had no memory. They weren't the generation that survived the Great Depression. They, that was their grandparents and their parents. They didn't know. The, you know what I mean? So they, um, into that security that stepped uh, Rush Limbaugh to tell them that the problems in this country were because people were taking advantage. They're taking advantage of wealth. And you know who those people were? The welfare queens, right? Well, and that's how Reagan would talk about. And remember, he would he said something about uh, a uh, young buck on food stamps. What 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 is that? What image does that conjure up for the for the white working class? It was always black people were taking advantage. Meanwhile, statistically, we understand that more white people are on public assistance than than black people statistically but and then there's also uh the the systematic institutionalized racism that this country has never confronted and and dealt with just that are in the gears that run america one of which are uh, funding schools but through property taxes there's no equality there if you live in a crappy neighborhood that gets no resources, that is neglected, that's your school. You get a same, you get the same kind of school. But uh, in a in a sane society, we would fund schools because we would understand that our the youth are you know I believe the children are our future. I heard that somewhere. Uh, but they we would invest in them instead of trying to keep certain segments of society in their place. And that was, that's really what that was about. And which also kind of brings me to what I, another thing I, I had on deck here to talk about was uh, the, this, uh, this week I was, I don't know why, I, I feel like I, I've been talking about uh, Morning Joe a lot, but it's, it, it's a good opportunity when they when they do when it, because it really is kind of indicative of everything that's wrong <laughs> that show and the corporate media and it's part of the problem of how we are where we are how we got where we are um last week i think we were talking about capitalism how uh on morning joe they were like asking uh hickenlooper 
are you a capitalist? And he wouldn't say he was a capitalist. And, and now that seems to be, this is what they're asking everybody who goes on on that show. Are you a capitalist? Are you a capitalist? As it, like, you have to be a capitalist. They're, they're just, they're bugging out. Meanwhile, um, Donnie George, he's, he's losing his mind. Um, if you don't say you're a capitalist, he's, he's upset. I, and meanwhile, let's re, let's remind those who weren't here last week. Donnie Deutsch, he was another one of these privileged princes who was born into wealth, and his father handed him an advertising agency. Uh, just like uh, these, this is this is who they are, though. This is what we're dealing with. There's this whole this this myth of the meritocracy. And the privileged prince is trying to hold on to whatever they think their, their privilege is. And in their mind, they built it themselves. Like, born on third base, thinking they hit a triple. That's what Donnie Deutsch is. He thinks he's a capitalist. You're a capitalist? You, you, somebody gave you a company. And that's who you are. Now you're on Morning Joe spouting off bullshit, trying to make it so um, working people don't have uh, the same opportunities that, that maybe maybe their fathers weren't uh, the head of an advertising agency. They didn't have an av- advertising agency to, to hand to their son. Um, and but all on Morning Joe, they're all like, oh, we we understand that every now and then capitalism needs to be reformed. Right, like after the Gilded Age and after the Great Depression. Well, how many how many times does it have to be reformed? I mean, I know it crashed already twice in a century, in, uh, in this century, and then before. How many times did it crash during the previous century? Not just, not the, uh, during the 18th century. But it crashed twice in the 19th century. It's, and supposedly we're, this, this bubble we're in, it's, uh, we're in the most, in the, the, we have the widest income gap between rich and poor now. How much more? How much more do you want? Oh, yeah, capitalism has to be reformed. This is what they all agree. But they don't, they're not saying how, but that's why they're so upset when they, when, uh, so this week it was Bill de Blasio went on there and they're like, are you a capitalist? Are you a capitalist? Say it, say it, say it. And he's he said, I am a social democrat. I'm a social. De- they, they, they get. Oh my God! What? Um, yeah, because without regulation, capitalism will murder you and not even blink. I mean, that is the truth. What do you think the middle passage was all about? That was capitalism. That was unregulated capitalism. We would still have slavery in this country if it weren't for the fact that government stood in and regulated it. Into uh, out of existence, it wasn't capitalism. Didn't do that. Capitalism went to war to maintain their slaves, their human property. So, on top of it, anyway. So it's not even that. Anyway, that's not even what I want to talk about with the with capitalism. But that's just what it's. uh, I can't. I can't stand it. We'll just talk about the media right now. So with Morning Joe. So this week they really have a bug up their ass in general, about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They, they, bu- they bug out about her. Oh, she's so young. This whole um, attack that, they, that the, the left and right, the uh, not left, they're not left, whatever they are, 
the the seeming left, the so-called left, the the so-called liberal media on Morning Joe and whatnot, that they attack her as she just doesn't know. She's a freshman. She only represents a small district in Queens in the Bronx. What does she know? You know, not like Hillary Clinton, who who received three million more votes than Twitler. And I understand that. But the fact is, that's where AOC was running. She was running in Queens. She didn't run uh, a presidential campaign. So it's there really is no comparison. So there's I don't understand why they would think there would be. But anyway, they so this week um, AOC was at the uh, South by Southwest and she said that she was talking about the New Deal because they were talking about the Green New Deal and and the problems with the New Deal, which was it was almost um, funny because we were talking about the New Deal last week and we brought up when Poppy Champlin called in in the second hour. We were talking about the New Deal, and there were racist aspects of the New Deal. That is the truth. And that's what AOC said at South by Southwest. She brought that up. But you can't, I guess, talk about reality here in the United States of serfs and lords. You can't really address our fundamental underlying issues here. I mean, I know we can't do it with the right, because they will just start cheering uh, USA, USA, USA and put their fingers in their ears. But the fact is, what do you think? Um, just like the founding fathers were products of their time, so it's not, it's not just FDR. FDR. FDR had a progressive administration. He had more people of color in his administration and women. And, but he was a product of his time. He was, he was dealing with a Jim Crow South. And they would not buy into the New Deal if it was equal for all. So there were many, many restrictions in the New Deal against people of color to keep them in their place. And that's the only way it, they, that FDR could get buy-in from the southern racist-ass states, from the, from, the, from the Jim Crow South. And I'll just play a little bit on Morning Joe. They, they went nuts saying how... AOC said that she is she's out of control. Get a get a hold of her. She now she's saying that the New Deal was racist. Hold on. Yeah, Adrian, uh, the Democrats. How are they going to respond? Not only to Trump this past week, but also to continue problems from freshman members of their own class. I, you know, by, by the way, this is not new. Like, right. We caused so much problem. In 1994, we came in. And one of us was saying something stupid every day. And when we weren't saying stu something stupid, Newt Gingrich was saying something stupid. At least Democrats have Nancy Pelosi. But, you know, just this weekend, AOC calls FDR racist, calls the New Deal yeah. racist. They have a different anti-Semitic remark seemingly coming every week. Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic leadership Man, they are shoulder to shoulder, strong, speaking out against that anti-Semitism. Just curious, though, what what's their next play? What's their next act moving forward if this continues? Well, part of the problem, Joe, as you know, is that when you have more Democrats in Congress, you're more apt to say there are more people in the party who are going to say things that are not 
you know, that may not be politically correct. We have a very diverse caucus. I'm certainly not going to stand here and defend some of the com comments by um, AOC and some of the other members. But at the same time, you know, these are women who have their own opinions and they um, have grown up in an age in politics where they are, and, and they were largely elected, by the way, to speak their mind. Certainly not defending that, but they have, you know, certainly earned the right to go out there and, and say what they believe. And I think it's also important to note some of these members are representing communities in their districts who have been large targets by Donald Trump. So they're going to Washington showing, you know, we're angry. We are here to represent the constituents in our district who have been essentially persecuted by Donald Trump since he's been in office and since he, frankly, has been running for president. Um, so I have a little bit of sympathy towards some of these members who are coming in with a little bit more of an hard, a hard edge, but at the same time, this is why we have Leader Pelosi. She can whip that caucus into shape like nobody else. Um, and I cannot imagine anybody else being the speaker right now who can really try to unify her caucus on, around some of these issues. Yeah, you know, Mika, a hard edge is something we certainly understand that. Obviously, though, you have leaders that are making, uh, you have members that are, are making Nancy Pelosi's job and any Democrat yeah. who would want to defeat Donald Trump, making their job far more what? difficult with every reckless statement that they make. Reckless. And, and I will tell you, another phenomenon that mirrors 1994, you know, uh, we, uh, the freshman class, could say something extraordinarily stupid. And despite the fact we were or backbenchers, true? that's what the press would seize on. Yeah. And they would make us, or whoever the radical was, the face of the Republican Party. You now have the press doing that. You know, AOC. Uh, what may she get? I think, I think she won her primary, which was basically her election. She got fifteen thousand votes. Right. She won by thirty-five hundred votes. She got fifteen thousand votes. Hillary Clinton got what? Sixty-three, sixty-four, sixty-five million what votes. What does that have to do with anything? I think anything? the press needs to keep everything in perspective. Totally I know agree they, with they, that. I know totally they, agree. They like of course to, you do. Like to chase the latest a, fad, but they've done it with Republicans for years, focusing on stupid comments by backbenchers. I think they probably need to keep this in better perspective. All no, right, whatever. We get the point. The The fact is, so I, I tweeted at Joe Scarborough, not that he's ever going to respond to me. If you're saying that the New Deal wasn't racist, show your work. Let's see it. Educate us. They just throw out these the, uh, the, this statement without backing anything up. Now she's calling FDR racist. She did not call FDR racist. She said there were racist aspects of the New Deal, but this is what they do. You see, they're putting words in her mouth. She didn't say FDR was a racist. She said there were racist aspects of the New Deal. And why, why not discuss that? So we have come a long way. We won't make that mistake again. But it's true. This is how the uh, white working class was able to build wealth, uh, intergenerational wealth at the time, not and uh, leave certain segments of society, namely people of color, behind. But that was the only way that FDR could pass the New Deal. That is what happened. And in fact, let me see. There's this website called The Living New Deal. And let me just read a little bit. Uh, the Supreme Court's 1986 Plessy versus Ferguson decision rationalizing separate but equal was, a, was systematic of a growing culture of separation and segregation ac across the United States. 
After the ruling, Plessy became the catalyst for many states to separate blacks and whites in practically all aspects of life, including transportation, public accommodation, schools, and housing. In the South, this meant separate bathrooms and drinking fountains. This is the the world that FDR was passing the New Deal in. So for him to say, she's calling the New Deal racist, of course, he, he conflates it in saying she's calling FDR racist without saying why isn't it racist then? He's just part of the problem. This is why the American electorate is so goddamn dumb. And when they say, oh, I'm a capitalist, when somebody who drives a bus for a living or an Uber is going around saying, I am voting for no socialist, I'm a capitalist, you are a dumbass. I mean, really, the only thing that most Americans have keep, well, not most, okay, I don't know the statistic, I don't have it in front of me, but we know for a fact that FDR's New Deal still keeps millions of seniors out of poverty. Some Americans, that's all the retirement savings they have. There is no retirement. That's why you have older Americans working as Walmart greeters instead of just enjoying a goddamn golf game as they should in their retirement, as they should, as they work their whole lives, they should be able to look back and, and, and enjoy their free time. But not here in the United States of Serfs and Lords. So for him to say, uh, to just go off, this is what they do in, in the corporate media. It's, it is a joke. He doesn't educate. He attacks without and and he's done it a million times i mean aoc is joe scarborough's target and so it's all the morning joe they're like oh just shut up they're basically telling her shut up you don't represent a lot of people and you're you're dumb you're young you're you're you should just let let nancy pelosi lead you and don't say anything whereas what, 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 she's 100% correct. What has ever been done that's great in this country um, by the moderates, right? What have they done, these stinking moderates? They, it's always been somebody who has dared to dream and dared to push this country in a progressive direction that has, has really um, pushed some people out of their comfort zones. What do the moderates do? Oh, don't don't upset the apple cart. They're never ups, They're never complaining about upsetting the apple cart when they're funneling more money to the top, or when they're kicking millions off health care, or when they're whatever, uh, making it harder for for working class people to go to school. I mean, now kids come out of college, young people, with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. What kind of society would do that to our future? We have saddled them with, with debt and created nothing but indentured servants to banks. That's all they are. And then Republicans, whenever they get a chance, and as they did as far as student loans are concerned, you can't discharge your student loan debt in bankruptcy. Thank you, Republicans. And there used to also be a time when you could actually write off interest on on uh, credit cards. Republicans did away with that too. Um, so we we really are um, a bunch of assholes, frankly, if we 
continue to allow them to step their boot on our neck and let them get away with it. As they're telling us, oh, you, the, the, what is going to save capitalism? If there's, there's such capitalists, oh, you're a capitalist, we're a capitalist, I'm a cap, we're all capitalists. No, we're not. If you're trading your time for a paycheck, you're a laborer, you're a worker. You're not a capitalist. You're not. And just because you have a business, that doesn't mean you're a capitalist either. You're a, you may be an entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean you're a capitalist. Capitalists are people who make money with money, but that's getting too technical, I suppose. And the fact is, this is a racist-ass country with a racist-ass history, uh, regardless of what, uh, what's his name, um, <laughs> Roberts, John Roberts on the Supreme Court said when they rolled back the Voting Rights Act protections, saying that racism is over, no more racism. There, obviously, it's that's ridiculous. They and uh, we 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 get pushed in directions that make us a more perfect union, and then Republicans, whenever they get a grip on power, they roll it back. And they undo all the progress. It's one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. But one of the things that makes a successful adult, as it does a successful person, is to take a look at yourself and say, what's working for me? What, what, what behaviors are working? If you're 600 pounds smoking in bed... You may have to take stock and say, maybe I'm eating the wrong things. I should get rid of that. I should stop smoking. I should stop. I should exercise. I mean, that's what you do. You take an assessment of yourself and tr try to make yourself a better person, a more productive person, a, a successful, healthy person, right? That's what you would think. That's what mature people do. Um that's why it's so important for this country to honestly look at our history and address it. So if AOC says that there were racist aspects to the New Deal and then Joe Scarborough, who's supposed to be a pun, I don't know what he is. He's, he's, uh, he's got a platform that reaches millions of people. He shouldn't just negate it. Tell us why. If, because he doesn't have a leg to stand on. That's what it is. To just negate AOC. And that's what he's doing. He's trying to set up, he's giving a feeling to people who don't know, they don't understand. Oh, now she's calling FDR racist, which is not what she's saying. But we really should look at ourselves. What, what was it in the New Deal? I mean, I don't understand how they continuously in the in the media get away with this. Uh, and it's, well, I don't understand. What am I talking about? The fact is, it's by design. They It keeps us in our place. And <clears throat> talk about you want to weep. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, just put a pin in that for a second. But in this article, in the Living New Deal, um, so to continue, it says, uh, as far as we're talking about segregation uh, in the South, it says, this was the harsh reality the New Deal faced. As one New Deal historian puts it, for three centuries, racism had infected the national mind as well as the body politic. The majority of white Americans wanted no change in race relations. They favored neither desegregation nor equal opportunities for blacks. An African-American historian noted in a recent interview 
President Roosevelt was faced with a rock-solid granite wall of white supremacy within the ranks of his own party, and that is the force that is very that that is a force that is very difficult to overcome. Given these obstacles, what did the Roosevelt administration do to advance the cause of racial justice and improve conditions for African Americans? Despite adverse political forces and social attitudes in America, the personal policies and programs of the New Deal, while far from perfect, marked an important step forward and had an overall positive effect on the welfare of millions of citizens of African descent. To begin with, the leadership of the New Deal featured some of the most enlightened and anti-racist policies, policymakers in the U.S., in U.S. history up to that time, administrators such as Henry, uh, such as Harry Hopkins, Francis Perkins, Harold Ickes, Haley Flanagan, Aubrey Williams, and Ellen Woodward were deeply committed to the goal of a more egalitarian society. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt was an outspoken advocate for racial equality and deeply committed to social justice. When she died, Martin Luther King said, the impact of her persona- uh, personality wait, hold on, of her, yes, personality and unwavering devotion to high principle and purpose cannot be contained in a single day or era. Furthermore, President Roosevelt appointed an unprecedented number of African Americans to high positions in the federal government, such as Mary McLeod Bethune, Lawrence Oxley, and Robert C. Weaver. These appointees gathered together to form FDR's unofficial but important advisory group, the Black Cabinet. Many went on to become civil rights leaders in the uh, in the coming decades. FDR also appointed the first African American federal judge, William Hasty. Okay, so this this is reality. He didn't have uh, any black people in his real cabinet, but he had an unofficial black cabinet. So there were uh, the, he uh, there were a lot of progressive initiatives in FDR's. Um, administration, but he was dealing with the realities of racism of his time that was systematic and entrenched and written into law. So that's that's just the reality of what we're dealing with. And it's almost like as ridiculous as her, as let's say Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, saying that um, AOC called Thomas Jefferson a racist. Of course, it's he was a product of his time. I'm not saying I don't I'm not I don't know what was in FDR's heart. I do know that he was a product of his time. I know that he tried to make progress, but he that the that is the fact. You're up against the southern white wall of white supremacy that had the uh, the policies written into law. I mean, look what happened when finally um, the the army was desegregated and the schools were desegregated. You had morons attacking children standing there. They had a, they had to call in the goddamn national guard so a little girl could go to school in the south. So what do you think was happening at that time? Anyway, <clears throat> but that's just the reality. And if we can't face our reality as a, as a country as as adults then we're in, we're in bigger trouble than i think we are already in because i i don't i think that we are we're wedded to a lot of fantasies in this country and uh the fantasy for one thing of the fact that we're actually we're a democracy that's a fantasy right there we we really need to i mean i i think a lot of people are waking up to it but to understand that we're 
we the 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 influence of money in politics has turned this country into a uh, into the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap between rich and poor, and that's that is the recipe for um, for oligarchy for for plutocracy. It's not the recipe for democracy. In order to have a functioning democracy, you need an educated populace. You need people who are free enough and have enough free time to, to be, um, to participate in governance. And as you can see, it's, uh, uh, it doesn't matter what the American people want. For example, with, when it comes to gun control, 90%, we've, uh, we've talked about this before, uh, 90% of Americans want background checks on gun purchases. Does that even, does, do we even have, uh, is that even happening? It's after massacre, after massacre, after massacre. They can't even get that done when 90% of support. What does that tell you about the so-called representatives? It, uh, it says we have a lot of work to do. And another thing, so while I, here's another thing that happened the other day that made me depressed. Um, <laughs> thank you for letting me share. Um, when I woke up on Saturday morning early, I just woke up, I was laying in bed, and that's I, when I watched, uh, I turned on the television, I saw the, that thing, the, the massacre was happening in New Zealand or had just happened. I ended up watching that video um, by accident, and then I watched it on purpose after, uh, as I knew it was the, I should have shut it off. This is what I say. But anyway, and part of that, when I turned, I turned on CNN to see how they were covering it. And unfortunately, it was a rerun of Chris Como's show with, he has Kellyanne Conway on that show. And this is what made me really weep for this country because it was such a, it was so, um, so inane, so close to uh, anything I've ever seen uh, masquerading as journalism or informative. Um, it was more like the Jerry Springer show. And I watched th this segment for 10 minutes, uh, and I'm going to play just a couple of minutes for you and I don't mean to irritate you, but just so you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Let's just see, let's play like a minute or two, okay? I'm sorry. Hey, guess what? He's the, best, I get that, guess I get what? He's the best boss I've ever had. Good for you. So He's has the he, best boss so I ever had. Well, you've he been your own boss for he, most of your life, as I recall. You haven't had a boss in I a very long time. I had a lot of clients time. over the years. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no, that's listen, not true. He, Kellyanne, he, uh, you can't well, call listen, out Well, listen, I'm going to be the boss tonight because I'm not going to let you get says. away with saying just, just, no, I'm not going to let you get away with just hurling scurrilous, There's nothing uh, scurrilous. defamatory, it's a quote. derogatory even words the about of the context. president. When you have a, excuse me, you have a colleague at CNN, Paul Begala, who referred to the president's children, as daughter and son-in-law, who are also presidential senior advisors, mm -hmm. As cockroaches, it's disgusting that you have to repeat it. You have people I don't like that on your network, paid people on your network. I don't like excuse that kind me, of who talk. are there? Well, the president called me a own chained it. lunatic. Where am I going to go for more leadership, CNN? No, you own it the because you have people paid at your network, lunatic. on your network, nice? and on other networks. So you just uh, ignore I, it. I knew this had to be you, about you. You but just listen. ignore it. 
You just I'm ignore not ignoring everything him, but that, that was, he says. It was a long time ago. We talked about it. This is oh. this hey, is Chris, journalism. If you, if you just want to interrupt okay, me, if that's okay. how you get the the no, ratings, no, of course the I'm going to interrupt listen, you. This is you very can't important. Just, you go to the mothership somebody, for that. Here, you have to be you held have to account. On your that's why you come. Pretending. All right, all right. You have, you have enough, enough, enough. Right? That, that's really enough. But that goes on for ten minutes of back and forth, calling each other names. She's talking down to him, calling him Christopher, interrupting him. He's saying, "You're the president called me a name. You, I can't even go to get food without protesters. Maxine Waters throwing, uh, Democrats are killing babies. It goes on and on and on. And I was watching this. I was like, what am I watching? What is happening before my eyes? I can't believe, why are they, why is this on? There's actual news happening. There's, there's something of importance going on in this world right now. And that's what, that is what substitutes for the fourth effing estate in this country. We have a, um, the media, which is, uh, and at the time it's not media, it was called the press, but the, it's the only profession that is enshrined in the Constitution for a reason, for being necessary for democracy, for, being, for going hand in hand with democracy. You can't have a democracy or a free populace without a free press. And that's what they give us. They give us that display. of That's 10 minutes of my life I will never get back. I don't know if you guys saw it. I'm sorry. And that one minute you'll never get back. Um, I, I mean, if that's not a case for the rapid re-regulation of the media, I don't know what is. We should all be alarmed at how inane and useless. What a waste of air. It used to be called the public airwaves. Now that we had, we had, we used to have 50 media or companies in general owning the uh, outlets, media outlets in this country, over 50. Now we have six, six giant multinational corporations that own this. They own media. They, I mean, they own print. They own uh, television. They own radio. It, you, there used to be regulations against that. You One corporation or one entity could not own or cross-pollinate in a specific area. You couldn't own a, a newspaper, a radio station, and a television station at this in the same market because we were protecting democracy. Though that's all gone. What do you think happens when they, when you have these puppets of plutocracy, they get into positions of power and they start whittling away at all the safeguards of democracy? Of course it ends in disaster for, for us, for the, for, the, for the masses, for we the people. We, they have done us such a disservice by deregulating the media, they, t they deregulated the media so uh, giant corporations can eat up the, all, all the outlets of communication. And they uh, lo lowered the bar where you can buy a newspaper and a radio station and, and a TV station. Where, so you can have areas in this country where only one um, point of view is, is, is played. And then it opens the, they open the door 
when they deregulated the media and they got rid of the fairness doctrine, which Republicans are hate and they never want to bring back. They think it's, oh, it's like Nazis. It's sort of like universal health care. When you mention universal health care, Republicans say, oh, that's the first step to being a Nazi, right? Not not that being a Nazi is the first step to being a Nazi or or, or acting like a Nazi is the first step to being a Nazi or getting the endorsement of Nazis and the KKK is the first step to being a Nazi, right? That, that That's what they have. Or having literal Nazis as representatives like Steve King, who is just as a white, just as much a white nationalist as the murderer in New Zealand, but whatever. But, yeah, that's, but having a fairness doctrine, which is you used to uh, have to give equal time to a, a point of view. So if you had one point of view, you had to um, have the alternate point of view on, and it would it would educate the people. There was a certain level of trust in the media, right? But not anymore, and that's why they have created. Um, silos of information where you have right-wingers, Republicans, whatever, uh, victims of uh, Fox News that are, they're only watching Fox News. So on Fox News, uh, here's another thing, and the right-wing radio stations and whatnot, right after the New Zealand massacre, the the murderer um, unleashed his, uh, his, his tribute to Trump, uh, they, um, on Rush Limbaugh went out and said that it's, that could possibly be a false flag. So I, uh, by, by perpetrated by liberals to justify gun control, this is, they, they're at it again. They have the same response to everything. It's so dangerous you see, so what I wonder, I think it's just because there's so much going on and it's just so unbelievably abhorrent at all times that like a fire hose of, of horror coming at you at all times. Why, why is Rush Limbaugh still, why does he still have one advertiser at all? Why is anybody advertising on that, that, that monster show? And he's nothing but uh, he. He is really why this. Why we can't have nice things. The they he his entire purpose for being is to separate the working class from the solution that will keep them uh, uh, a, an economically vibrant and uh, you know working class. They they their entire and Fox News is. The, and they've done studies on Fox News, how people who watch Fox News are less informed than people who watch no news at all. So meaning if you don't, you're not, it's being less informed, less informed than nothing, meaning you're misinformed. And that is on purpose. So you have people who are watching and listening to these right-wing media outlets that were created with the help of Reagan and Bill Clinton, who deregulated the media in 96, who finally put the nail in the coffin, where they gave us Fox News with the Telecommunications Act, right? Before that, um, and, and I remember when it happened, you know, I was young, but I was studying communications, and 
it what we we all discussed it at the time and everything that we discussed has come to fruition how uh, but as they do these as they un- unravel the policies that protect democracy they never say oh this is going to end badly for us it's always about freedom right but how do you have freedom if you are at the mercy of these giant corporations and billionaires who, uh, because from the beginning, during, let's say, the Gilded Age, the Great Depression, and after, people kind of understood that you, that what's, what is the biggest danger to democracy and freedom are the power, the, are or is the power of concentrated wealth. And FDR called it out. Um, Teddy Roosevelt called it out. And even if you go back further, Thomas Jefferson called it out. They, he spoke, Thomas Jefferson spoke about progressive taxation. That would be a remedy to keep the power of inequality from swallowing up their new republic. They understood, having just fought a revolution against the intergenerational aristocracy, they uh, understood really what they were up against. Here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, I, I think a lot of people, they, they're misinformed by design. They're watching these right-wing media outlets, and they're getting misinformed. So what are they going to think? I just listened to Rush Limbaugh. He said, this is a false flag. This is possibly a false flag operation perpetrated by liberals. And then you go on these right-wing websites and they're saying, oh, that the murderer was calling himself a socialist. I mean, it's all bullshit set to design, meant, uh, meant to divide us. So there, we can never legitimately and honestly address our issues because we have this whole segment of society that has a lot of power right now that is operating uh, with uh, without facts, and they're operating against our better interests. Like when they, uh, the prime minister of New Zealand, Trump says that oh, because uh, they they asked him about the problem of right wing terrorism that he uh, that he's helping create and amplify. Um, do you think that's a problem? Oh no, it's just a couple of sm- it's just a few people. And when they asked the president, the prime minister of New Zealand. What's her response to what Trump said? Uh, do you think that Trump is correct that it's only a, a, it's not right wing terrorism? It's just a few people. Um, she said, "No, most people um, no. We understand, uh, but the, here in this country, uh, the, the the there's so much misinformation and confusion, and they're they're doing it by." Uh, they're doing it on purpose to us. They understand that this is truly divide and conquer. So we're, uh, what else was I going to say? And um, I mean, really, I only have a minute and a half, so I can't say much. So all I'll say is, uh, you know, we got a lot of work ahead of us, partly uh, re- regulation, this is why Republicans attack regulation, as if it's so bad, it's so bad. No, a lot of regulation is there to protect us in general, protect the, the working class from, from uh, abuse. And it's also there to um, protect democracy 
from, from, from disappearing, from being absorbed by plutocracy, uh, by, the, by the likes of Sheldon Adelson and the Koch brothers and the Mercer family that will have us out here fighting with each other. They, they'll blow us apart. Well, they'll have us, we'll never have a minute's peace out here as long as they can, I guess, suck more profit and power into their own hands. But this is the story that's been going on for time immemorial, right? And we, we really do have our work cut out for us. So, all right, I only have a, a 30 seconds left. So, listen, thanks for hanging out, everybody, and listening to me uh, whine and complain. Uh, oh, is it whining? I may be complaining. I, I, I'm sharing. It's not, it's not complaining. I have to be honest about where I'm, what, are, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. But please join me every week. Uh, you could send me an email at contact at Republican Dirty Tricks. Please become a patron. That's going to help a lot. And if you donate, um, you know, I mean, you get some rewards and whatnot. So anyway, as I always say, I see it's 8 o'clock now or it's time to go. Thank you. Share the show. Give us a like on iTunes, all that stuff. Um, I will be back next week. I'm not going anywhere. I may talk about it, but let's uh, uh, keep, you know, keep, stay strong. And like I always say, we stick together, we win. That is not just a catchphrase. It has to be a way of life right now. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. And thank you for all your support. I'll see you next week.